0: The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome
1: to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement. Off the Shelf gives a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Roger speaks to members and government officials about procurement policy trends, innovations, and debates.
0: Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Now your host, Roger Waldron. Today, my guest on Off the Shelf is Greg Mossberg. Greg is a Senior Vice President for Strategic Operations at CGI Federal. And today we're going to be talking about digital transformation in the, in the federal market and the federal government. Uh, Greg, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Roger. Glad to be here.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation. And... Um, As a lay person, you're going to, and a (laughs) non-techie, I can barely operate my iPhone, Um, uh, you're going to have to explain to me or address uh, what digital transformation is and how, you know, you you hear the term digital transformation, IT modernization, what do those terms mean to you?
1: Sure. Look, I'll I'll do my best. And I think the good part is that um, a large part of digital transformation is not techie. I think that's maybe one of the biggest uh, big, big, biggest biggest misconceptions. You know that makes me feel there. a lot better about <laughs> trying to make you comfortable. <laughs> I'm not going to be over my head here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think when you talk about what digital transformation is, it's important to, to think about it. Uh, to think about two pieces. First, what is it? Everybody's got to define it. But the other important piece is, is why now? Why is it relevant to us all now? Um, so let's start with what it is, uh, and, and, you can Google it. Uh, everybody, you can see, find a number of definitions out on the web and they tend to be uh, loaded with, um, uh, consultant buzzwords. But I think what, for me, the easiest way to think about it is, um, you know, first of all, we've all been doing some kind of digital work for years. You know, we've been moving paper to paperless and you know, we've been moving right, systems yeah. to the cloud. Those are all aspects of digital. That's not new. Um, what I would suggest to you though, is that, uh, many of those digital projects over the past five or 10 years have been discrete implementations of digital capabilities really designed to make a system or a process more efficient, um, to, you know, make it better, faster, cheaper. Um, and that's all been very beneficial, but in my mind, that is IT modernization. That's been, that's fallen under the umbrella of IT modernization. We modernize our systems with some digital capabilities to make them more efficient. The difference between that and digital transformation is a digital transformation uh, is fundamentally about rethinking the way a system works, or maybe more relevant to the government, rethinking the way a government goes about achieving its mission, not doing it more efficiently, fundamentally rethinking the way they go about doing it. And so that's, for me, that's the difference between digital transformation and IT modernization.
0: Okay, so um, just to follow up on that a little bit, so if when i hear you describe that i i think about you know a system at gsa for example and and rather than looking at the agency holistically across the board to figure out how how to reorganize and or you know adapt technology to improve mission performance it's the idea of modernization is oh we've got to COBOL system over here that we've got to tweak or you know you do something to to improve how that system performs, but not looking at the big sort of strategic picture.
1: Is that fair? That's that... fair. One's tactical, one strategic, and right. and why this is a difficult concept, I think, for for everybody to get their you know, all of us to get our minds around is because there's not a long list of examples of government agencies or commercial organizations, for that matter, that have digitally transformed. And so it's, it becomes difficult to point to examples to make your case. However, uh, I think to kind of ground, you know, ground your thinking, if you look in the commercial market, yeah. uh, we're all familiar with companies like uh, Airbnb mm-hmm. uh, and Netflix. They were, they're not companies that digitally transformed. They were disruptors, but they are examples of how uh, a particular business function has been totally transformed. The way we get movies from we used to all go to Errol's sure. and Blockbuster to you know bring it and right. check out the tapes right now you you get movies in a fundamentally different way and those those exi- those past businesses are gone,
0: right and so can you can you talk a little bit to why now why is it such yeah, a I, I think, such an imperative think, now or an opportunity for you yeah. know for government
1: well actually you used a couple of important words mm-hmm. right there uh, I think it is an imperative uh, I think that. Uh, uh, the citizens are making it an imperative. We are making it an imperative um, uh, now. But it's important to talk about um, why now because it, it, it's also an opportunity. I think there's – in my head, I break this answer into a couple pieces too. Uh, part of the why now uh, is due to uh, what I would call the maturation and evolution, the kind of convergence and maturation, excuse me, of, of technologies, certain digital technologies that – uh, in the past, may have been uh, good ideas, uh, uh, but not uh, ready for prime time. Uh, but are really all coming to um, together and maturing at the same time. Uh, and I'll, you know, I'll give you a couple of examples there. If you think about digital technology, um, uh, things like self-driving cars and drones were science fiction and Christmas gifts, you know, a couple <laughs> years ago. And, and my and, son got a drone for Christmas. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um but I bet you if you wanted to he could go use it to start a business. And, yeah, and that's the yeah, difference. Yeah. You know, you got real estate agents that are using them in very s- simple examples, but you got government agencies and commercial organizations that are using them for mission critical applications right now. Uh, and that the speed with which that technology has has come to maturation is is part of this? Uh, what's driving this imperative for digital transformation? Now, self driving cars too. I mean, science right. fiction, but they're in use. They're getting used today in different cities and pilot environments. So that is a, right. an example. Of is the Uber
0: Uber an example? I mean, a disruptor and nobody. I mean. Uber's an
1: example. I could have put them with Airbnb and Netflix. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. an example of a disruptor. Uh, somebody who came in and fundamentally changed the way a service was delivered, much to the chagrin of the you know the the taxi business, right? Uh, but again, they're not somebody who started as a taxi business and became Uber. They disrupted. Finding that company that's successfully digitally transformed in its entirety is is a, is a tough call right now. Everybody's beginning to think and do.
0: Right. Um. And along those lines, the flip side of it too is that the, the convergence of technologies. Um, I know you have some thoughts about you know citizen expectations too. Yeah. The way, you know, the market. The consumer market is change is taking advantage of these new delivery systems and expecting more. Is that yeah, fair no
1: you're, you're right on. And um, you know I think you, you explained it well. We every day are you know growing more and more familiar with how we use our devices um, to interact uh, in, in, with uh, entities in our daily lives. and we've become used to the immediacy with which we can get things done. Uh, and the ease with which we can download an app onto our phone and and access uh you know Amazon or another retail establishment and place an order and 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 get service, uh, and we don't we've we've grown accustomed to not worrying about all that happens behind the scenes, all the different interactions that it takes to make that one of those transactions happen. They just come together, and we expect service and for it to be done and easy. Right. And that same attitude we take from our daily lives and bring to work. At, a, at, a, at commercial organizations, at government organizations. And as we interact with our government, we expect the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start, and more and more people are starting to scratch their heads and question, why can't I get that same kind of responsiveness uh, from my government? Uh, right. And that's the, back to the imperative word that you used, that is becoming an imperative.
0: And what are some of the other um, drivers of change that, you know, in the imperative, when we talk about mm-hmm. imperative, what are some of the other areas that you're seeing?
1: Yeah, so I, I think, and I'll, I'll tick through a couple here real quick on the, on the technology side. Uh, we talked about the digital technologies. I think the, the interaction models, the way that, in which we interact with one another, and, and it's very easy to go down this path and talk about agile and, and software development tech- sure, yeah. and processes, but agile is not just a way to build software. Agile is becoming a way for organizations to run their business, and it's becoming a new way for different parties to interact with each other to drive outcomes. Uh, so interaction models are, are converging and evolving. As a service, um, we used to talk about in the federal market, uh, infrastructure as a service, yes. software as a service, platform as a service. I think we're well beyond that. I think those are yesterday. Today is shared services. Those, those IAAS and PAS and SaaS have all evolved to a point where we can legitimately implement shared services now in the federal government to drive real change and transformation. And I think that's critical. Um, and then lastly, you know, data insights, you know, getting insights from data. Every, there's a different buzzword in every conversation around data. Um, and that's a whole separate thread that we can go down. But the tools and the expertise that is maturing in the market right now to, to get insights from the massive amount of, of, of data that are out there are, are an element that's driving change here and, and making it uh, the time now right for digital transformation.
0: Well, you know what? We're already up on the first break, Greg. So, um, and when we come back, we'll continue this discussion. Talk a little bit about some of the uh, the aspects of federal government that that unique to government that are driving the imperative as well, and then to also talk about adoption of silicon technologies. Where is that going? And we'll get to the to the digital transformation competencies hopefully as well in the next segment. My guest today is Greg Mossberg. He is Senior Vice President for Strategic Operations at CGI Federal, and you are listening to Off the Shelf on Fed News Radio, 1500 AM. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Fed News Radio, 1500 AM. Today we're talking to Greg Mossberg. He is Senior Vice President for Strategic Operations at CGI Federal, and we're talking about digital transformation. Uh, What is it? Why is it so important right now in this time and place where we are? Uh, historically um, and in the marketplace and in government um, and Greg so when we took the break um, we we were talking about the imperative and some of the um, key you know trends that we're seeing that sort of driving technology and the ability to take advantage of the, the technology but what are some of the imperatives that government is facing that you're seeing that um, you know sort of drives the idea that digital transformation could be a key to addressing some of these. Yeah, uh, well,
1: I, I think you know we were talking about the, the technology things that were driving that were answering the question why now. Uh, I think it's also to look at what I what I think of as you know what historical drivers of change that we're all familiar with in the federal market. That some, some painfully right, <laughs> some painfully familiar. Yeah, absolutely. We've all lived through them. Um, but I would suggest to you that are are kind of reaching a crescendo or a, a high point now. That that create, as you mentioned earlier, both the opportunity and the imperative for agencies to truly embrace digital transformation. We we talked about the citizen expectations, but I think it's also important to hit government kind of the government funding cycle that we've been in uh, for the past number of years, with continuing resolutions not enabling uh, leaders to really plan for the future, but really to have to focus on keeping the trains running in the in the in the present. Uh, and the more and more we kick that can down the road, the less and less we have the opportunity to embrace fundamental change, uh, and we've got to modernize. It. Yeah, so I
0: got a question on that. All right, so, go for it. Yeah, and that is that 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 continuing re- resolution dynamic—the fact that you, people can't plan strategically—and see if this is a good thought here. That <laughs> leads to more IT modernization, where you're tweaking current existing legacy systems as opposed to digital transformation. Yeah,
1: I think, a fair, I, I think you're right on. And if you were to ask, um, you know, a set of of, of government uh, leaders about how much money they have in their budget to focus on keeping the trains running, even doing the IT modernization aspects a right. little bit, about 80% of the budgets are focused on operations and maintenance. Uh, and and a, a minority of the available dollars, the discretionary dollars are, are there to consider how I fundamentally change. And, and that is a challenge. Where it's, it's 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 fun and it's easy to talk about digital transformation and all the great things it can do, but you got to acknowledge that the government CIO is grappling with. I got to keep the trains running and I got to keep the systems that I got that are servicing the, the citizens going, yeah. um, before I can think about you know all the great things that we could transform. And that's just a, dy- a dynamic you've got to be sensitive to as we talk about this. But interestingly, uh, on the budget, uh, you, know, you know reading the budget that was just released the other day. Um, and it's quoted in there and i thought it it's relevant to what you just said right it says not simply this budget is about not simply replacing individual outdated it systems with newer ones rather it is a holistic approach to federal it that fundamentally transforms how agency accomplishes their agencies accomplish their mission that's in the budget that was just released and yeah, so that's i That's a think, great statement. I think they've exactly. nailed it. I yeah. think that they are challenging organizations to fundamentally change and right. and there are great gains that can be had if we rethink the way many of these missions are being performed.
0: And it goes hand in hand with, uh, you know, the overall government reorganization Absolutely. effort that's going on, you know, through OMB and, um, you know, what the plans are seeking from agencies. They're, t- they're tied together. Absolutely.
1: Right? Absolutely. So quickly on to, you know, a couple other uh, aspects, I think, are historical drivers of change here. Resource constraints. You know, where the... the Fact of the matter is that a lot of the talent that's needed for government agencies to transform, even to modernize in some respects, is the same talent that's being sought after by the, by the private sector, uh, and and to the and and it's not in abundance anywhere. But we're all fighting for it, and so as we continue to figure out where that talent is best placed, um, it limits our abilities to execute on some of these uh, these some of these opportunities. Uh, and then, lastly, global globalization and global competition—kind of rise of of some of the other, uh, um, you know, rise of Asia, rise of of many of our um, uh, peer superpowers—is um, is creates challenges, obviously, on the on the kind of geopolitical, but also creates a lot of opportunities for us to better collaborate, share information, and uh, change the way in which we kind of interact in the world.
0: Yeah, and that's that's something that I know, you know, the Hill. Um, and the Department of Defense are particularly interested in, and that's accessing technology, right? Because of the uh, global competition and where solutions come from, and, and ensuring you maintain that national security imperative mm-hmm. of of uh, technical superiority, that which is could be a whole nother discussion. Yes. But one of the one of the um, the things I wanted you also talk about is um, so we've talked about what digital transformation is. You, we've talked about the opportunity imperative of it. What does successful digital transformation look like in the federal government from yeah. your perspective?
1: Well, as we talked about earlier, I think it, it's hard to, to, to hold up examples in the federal government or in the commercial market of here's somebody who has successfully digitally transformed and here's the success that you could point to. Um, what we did at, at CGI is, is part of our annual, we call it the Global 1000. We go out and talk to a thousand of our customers across every market that we serve, commercial, government. Um, and, and talk to them about what challenges they're facing and what progress they're making in advancing their missions or their businesses. Um, it was, it was, you know, as we did that this year, uh, and talked to them in particular, those that had embarked on a digital transformation journey, again, not many have completed it, but many have begun. Yeah. Um, those that were having success, it became clear, uh, we're exhibiting what we have come to call nine competencies. They were doing nine things well. Uh, some of them were doing a subset of the nine better than others, but writ large, those that were having success in digital transformation were executing on nine particular competencies well. And, and I think that list, and we can go through it, it serves as a as a great guide for those that are beginning to, to think about this to say, hey, what do I need to do? What should I think about? What's important? What are the priorities for me to consider as I, as I embark on a digital transformation? Um, and so we looked at things are uh, You okay if I kind of oh go absolutely through? go okay. yeah go go through so on. so we looked at th- things like having a a mission driven digital strategy, uh, and and really it's a fancy way of saying you know focus on the outcomes that you're trying to achieve. Don't focus on the way things that have always been accomplished. Don't focus on the way things work internally or the or the preconceived constraints that you might have. Focus on the outcomes. It's a mission driven orientation. And sometimes, and a lot of times, that's a cultural mind shift.
0: Right. That's what you, s- you described that as I think of as I'm a government contract person. Mm-hmm. Don't hold that against me. But, <laughs> but I think of like performance-based, what's the outcome you want? That's right. And you leave it to the contractor to figure it out using their ingenuity. Yeah. In the right.
1: performance-based concept, that's exactly yeah. right. In the yeah. case of this, it's as, an, as a federal agency, What what's, what is it your mission to deliver? Right. What are the outcomes that it is your mission to deliver? And start there. Yes. And then build a strategy for how you get there. And, and, and that's where you can fundamentally kind of bring in some changes with some of the new dr- technologies we've been talking about. Second, you know, having a laser focus, and this is specific to, to federal when I say these words, but a laser focus, laser focus on the citizen. Uh, and, and this is, you know, highly related to that, that mission outcome, but yeah, it's a paradigm shift. Um, you know, it is thinking about the services that you deliver or the mission that you deliver through the lens of the person who's receiving it, the citizen and what experience do they have when they're interacting with you and, and how has that traditionally been perceived and and what do you want it to be and how do you want it to come across to the citizen? How do you want to make their lives easier? And again, it's a paradigm shift to think through how you accomplish your mission through their eyes versus through the government agency's eyes right um, but those organizations that are having success have made those kinds of, of paradigm shifts a digital culture i'm sorry did you have a question no
0: uh, well, no go ahead okay go ahead, a digital
1: culture a pervasive digital culture and and those again are ch- carefully chosen words find a lot of times that leaders in an organization um, buy in and and say you know this is the way i want to take my organization or my agency this is where we're going to go this is my vision. Um, but if you have not, if you don't take the time from the top to build a culture all the way through the folks that are going to actually execute on that mission so that they buy in and they believe, um, you, you're going to encounter resistance. That's going to, it's going to, it's going to hamper your ability to make progress.
0: Right. And at the end of the day, it boils down to people, mm-hmm. right? And you know, the and the culture that you're operating in to uh-huh. succeed. I mean, the technology in some ways is easier part. Was that fair to say, DFL? That's
1: exactly yeah. fair. I think what one of the things in my mind, the way I think about it is, that if you look at the challenge of digital transformation. It's eighty percent people and culture, twenty percent technology. Uh, and these first things, we three things we just talked about, are all about culture and people. Um, the tools are there. Right. The technology is there. Um, you can implement them, um, you know, in any day. But if you haven't tackled the cultural people problems, you're not going to make as much progress as you'd like.
0: And on the citizen-centric services, we're really—I mean—it seems we're in an age where it's just—and—and and I think you touched on it, sort of in the the disruptive technologies, where people, I mean, the phone, your your phone, that mobile technology, and be able to, you know, you know, send a text and get your your Uber or, you know, it's just, it's, it's that instantaneous sort of, um, service, mm-hmm. right. That the government's really ultimately going to have to deliver at the end of the day for, for, for to the citizens.
1: Yeah, that... absolutely. And it's instantaneous. I, I yeah. think you're right. It's the expectation of how quick the response is, but it's also the different communication channels. And, and, and you, know, you, you have kids. I have kids. I have teenagers. Right. Um, the right. you know I, I'm constantly trying to keep up with the way that they receive information. Yeah, and it's one thing to say it's through the mobile device and through the phone. It's another to say, well, it's through email. No, it's not. It's mm-hmm. through text. Right. Text. And, and 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 how Snapchat. And, yeah, it's Snapchat and, and, all and all Instagram and 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 it goes on and on. But yeah. they they that. Part of our generation and and others have grown up receiving information, not just the instantaneous piece, but the way that they communicate, the channels that they communicate through
0: is part of that. And Greg, we have to take a next break. We got through three of the uh, digital competencies, and we'll continue discussing the other six in our next segment. My guest today is Greg Mossberg. He is Senior Vice President for Strategic Operations at CGI Federal, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Welcome back to off the shelf on Fed News Radio 1500 a.m. today. My guest is Greg Mossberg. He is Senior vice president for Strategic Operations at CGI Federal and we're talking about digital transformation. Um, and Greg last segment, we started talking about digital comp- competencies and a lot of this uh, well this research and you know these companies were competencies, excuse me, <laughs> were identified. Coming out of the CGI's Global One Thousand Interviews that you do on an annual basis, and I think we got through number three. I guess uh, di- pervasive digital culture. Can you talk about uh, the rest of them and maybe highlight a couple of them?
1: Sure, Roger. Thanks. Um, let me just kind of tick through the rest because I think it's important to to set the table with the with the topics, and and then I'll I'll, I'll just dive deeper on a couple. So next after the pervasive digital culture, I think we found that. Successful organizations had uh, programatized or had a programmatic approach to innovation. Like we all know, you can't manage innovation. It just doesn't work that way. Um, but you can put programs in place to incentivize and reward those that bring innovative ideas to the table. And if you can make that part of your organization. Sort
0: of like care and feeding kind of, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and, and give permission to yes. people to have kind of crazy ideas sometimes. Right. Uh, and if you shoot those down uh, or there's not a reward structure to, to incent it, then you, you can't quite get it embedded in your culture. And I think it's important. Um, you know, agile, as we talked about before, is, is probably an overused word, but it's critical to evangelize an agile approach to driving outcomes in your organization. And those uh, uh, organizations that are having success have done that not only in their software development efforts, but in many of the ways in which they operate. Um, we talked about data insights or, or getting insights from data. But the important part, the competency here is uh, making decisions that are insight-led. It's one thing to have a mass amount of information. It's another thing to, do, to get some insights about your organization from that data. What's important as you make decisions as you move through a transformation grounded in those insights and, and those organizations that realize how you connect those things together are the ones that are having success. Uh, a hybrid it approach where you're looking to leverage, um, uh, the, the best of the different capab- cloud capabilities there that, that are available in the market, whether that be private cloud or, or, or some of the public cloud clouds, clouds yeah. um, and not just reliant on one of those strategies is critical. Um, you know, it almost it almost pains me to gloss over the next one because it's such an <laughs> important topic yes. that we ought to dive deep on and, and, and talk about, which is a rigorous security approach. It's not an element by itself. It's got to be a component of every other conversation you have. Um, but there's no questioning, especially in today's day and age and some of the headlines that are cropping up now, how critical uh, security is to all of the transformation efforts. Uh, and then, lastly, and this is uh, rather unique to the federal market, I think, is um, uh, a shared services ecosystem. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I think the time is now where the where the technologies and the processes and the concepts have evolved to a point where government agencies can uh, take full advantage of a shared services approach to be a component of their transformation.
0: Right. Okay. So uh, I'm going to, you know, it's the guest discretion. Uh, which one of these uh competencies do you want to take a deep <laughs> deep dive on um
1: you know I think I I think probably the the, the programmatic innovation is important to me um, right. because yep. it's such a uh, that's you know, a good one <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I think it's it is um, it, it's innovation is such a, a hard concept to make real uh, in an organization and um, uh, in 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 so it's more important to me to to talk about and find organizations that have found ways to make it a part of their daily lives. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, it takes establishing a leader. Uh, uh, it takes, that's... as I men- mentioned before, it takes establishing a reward structure. And it takes um, you know, pushing the permission for people to be innovated all the way down throughout the organization, not just at the leadership level. Uh, and then it takes keeping, that's, that's why the leader is so important. It takes keeping at it. And and bringing the ideas to the forefront, not being, um, you know, not 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 backing off from the risk of embarking on some new ways of doing things. Uh, Easy to say, hard to do.
0: Especially in the federal government. Especially in the federal
1: government. Mm -hmm. But many, but some agencies are starting to do this, where they're appointing leaders, innovation leaders, to champion that cause. Uh, And you got to start there. You got to find the right person, and you got to start from the top. But that person's first challenge is going to be able to get the culture throughout the the agency and the mission to embrace it.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a great point because when 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 you initially introduced that that concept or that competency, yeah, it's the first thing I thought about is that leadership that takes leadership at the top to embrace that and and not only create rewards but the other the flip side of it. I don't have any thoughts on this. The flip side of of it is you you also can't be penalized in a certain sense, right? And we have a very risk averse culture in the federal government because of the nature of if you if you screw up you you know even when you're trying to do something new or different yep. you know you, you 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 sort of pay a price for that yep. and it's ingrained in the culture and in the, the sort of bureaucracy
1: and i think and you know in a large way you know, i'm i'm a internal optimist yeah. um, and so i tend to have a bias in that direction but yeah. i think in in today's environment where the the the, the imperative for change is so great and I think the permission to change is is is, is evident in the administration's approach to um, everything that they're doing. Now is the time for for people to to stick their necks out a little bit. Right. Uh, again, easy to say, hard to do. But if if you look around in in today's environment, I think that's more
0: palatable than it's ever been. Right. And when you when you think about, I going to ask, I'm going to ask a couple questions about some of these different ones. So, uh, when you're talking about um, embracing a shared services model. Yeah, you know, to me, when when I hear that, that's there's there's real opportunity there in the federal government, and it's getting people to think about. I think going back, it's all ties together, right? You know, your service delivery goals. What is your mission? And to the extent there's parts of your mission that are really sort, of, let's overhead or support functions, like whether it's HR or whatever, or even procurement, for example, trying to find ways. Is that what you're talking about, or is it also the cloud, or you've got? No, I think you got
1: it. I think you nailed it. And and what we say a lot on the commercial side, when we talk to some of our commercial customers, is the same thing we're saying to our federal customers now. It is your mission is to, you know, to deliver, to serve the citizen in whichever way that mission is to serve the citizen. Our mission is to do excellent things with IT to make IT run better, to transform IT operations. Right. You focus on your mission, let us focus on our mission. We can bring real value to you so that you can reduce the amount of resources you're trying to do that, to focus internally and actually um, spend the time uh, outwardly facing on your mission Right execution.
0: Yeah, and um, when you talk about um, the security approach, uh, is just if you have additional thoughts, because that is on everyone's mind, um, these days with you know breaches here and uh, you know it's you read about them seem like every other day there's something that that happens now you know from that perspective it's a, when you say rigorous that's it it has to be that's sort of a leadership issue too right and a cultural issue as well and that agencies need to think about you know just as well I mean I'm just do you have any additional thoughts on that yeah I
1: I don't, you can't take it too lightly. Um, I guess the, the little pithy line that I'd give you is, is you got to think about it as built in, not bolted on. Um, okay. And it, it's got to be something that that is, is, is part of your beginning conversations and beginning planning about uh, whatever initiative you're going to undertake, whether that involves IT or not. Um, it, it's got to be something that's ingrained from the very, uh, very beginning. And so there's the cybersecurity aspects of IT i tell you one other element that's interesting that's that's coming up now these days in the area of, of security and cyber uh, that is headline news now that I think a lot of government agencies are starting to grapple with, and that's the insider threat problem. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's another cultural change and, yeah. and an area for trans- transformative thought is how we deal with insiders uh, and the access to the, they have to information and the damage that they can do if left unchecked. And it's incumbent on all of the government agencies and all of the government contractors uh, to take a very thoughtful approach on how we protect what's what's important and prevent some of these insiders from taking advantage.
0: Right, and you know, you saved me with my rather inarticulate questions. That was a great answer. Um, <laughs> and it, and the, the the point I just uh, you know that that struck me when you when you're talking about it is that it's uh, it's not bolted on; it's built in from the beginning. And I think my experience is the government hasn't quite got there yet. I mean, even the way, you know, they're looking at how it should be delivered or articulated on various contracts that, and you talk to them about the fact that it's, no, that day one, it's part of your fundamental requirement. It's built into it um, was a great point. But we know what, we're already up on the break, Greg. My guest today is Greg Mossberg. He is Senior Vice President for Strategic Operations at CGI Federal, and when we come back, we'll continue to talk about Digital transformation. I'll ask him about um, a little bit about the adoption of silicon technologies and what that means. You are listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, fifteen hundred AM. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, fifteen hundred AM. Today my guest is Greg Mossberg. He is senior vice president for strategic operations at CGI Federal, and we're we're talking digital transformation, um, and we've. Covered the nine digital competencies, um, and one of the things I me- uh, that um, you know talking earlier I mentioned that we didn't gr- get to dive into a little bit is the adoption of Silicon Valley technologies, and so what what is that? Yeah, so thanks. <laughs> what does I, that mean for the you federal? You know, I think right.
1: it, this is something that's happening a, a lot lately, where I, I think that this administration and at this time agencies. Um, willingness to uh, embrace um, some, of, some leading edge technologies as a way to accomplish outcomes uh, is, is greater than I've seen it in a long time in my career. And, and a lot of times that conversation goes down to, well, I need to, I need to bring in some of those from Silicon Valley. Uh, I would argue, I'd suggest to you that, that Silicon Valley really isn't a geography that you need to think about it's more of a, a competency that right. there's plenty of leading edge technologies that are de- being developed in geographies other than Silicon Valley. The important point is that many of these leading edge technologies have matured to a point where they can really deliver outcomes for an agency. Uh, and so being more willing than we have in the past to, um, to try them uh, and to deploy them, I, I think is critical. The other critical thing i, t- I tell you is Dropping um, a, a new technology or new capability that's been developed outside of the federal government into a federal agency and expecting success isn't a recipe for success. I think it's critical that you've got um, uh, kind of the either an organization that understands the federal government that has in, in internally developed some of these leading edge capabilities, or a partnership with a, between a, a company that understands sure. the federal government and a company that's developed a leading-edge technology to bring it in the right way uh, to, to be effective in the federal government is important. And I think those are the probably the two biggest things I think about when I think about the Silicon Valley dynamic. Yeah,
0: and, and that's a great point because the federal government, as much as it wants to adopt commercial best practices or do commercial item-type contracting, the government is the government. It's a different animal. And understanding organizations and even the technologies of the government is used to utilizing um, as you as you try to transform is you can't you know that's invaluable that you have to have that I think to operate f- successfully or effectively in this space one of the areas um, that's been touched on when we talk about competencies or just implementation of digital transformation is the importance of data can you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah this one's always an interesting one because you can take it so many different directions um, but for me the the most interesting part to, to think about you know almost every topic we've touched on here today you could have found a way to bring in data data right. really is the yeah. fabric of of all elements of digital transformation and it's only going to increase in its in, importance going forward I, I would i would suggest to you that the the pace of generation of data Today and the pace of the maturation of tools to get insights out of that data have both outstripped uh, the pace of our evolving privacy rules and right. culture and common norms, um, and, and that is that in and of itself is creating an imperative around uh, how we think about um, data in new ways. A great analogy that one of our uh, one of our data scientists gave me um, recently was: we're, today we're very comfortable. Sharing our homes on things like Airbnb, but we're not comfortable sharing our data. It's a simple example. It's a pithy example. I get it. But it draws a contrast to demonstrate that, you know, many of the the cultural norms that we're used to specifically around privacy need to evolve and they're going to be forced to evolve. Um, You know, kind of continuing on that analogy, if you think about what we talked about earlier, some of the the newer technologies, self-driving cars, self-driving cars are going to contain a lot of data about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you think that data is not going to be shared with other cars that you're driving around, you're, you're not correct. Your location's going to get shared. Um, and these technologies are going to drive those kind of changes. And so it's important, I think, that we uh, understand and, and look at those privacy laws and norms.
0: Well, I, even real life, okay, I, in the morning I'll get into my car, I'll pull out of my driveway, and my iPhone will sit there and say, you know, 45 minutes to downtown. Yeah. How did it know you're going downtown? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good point. It seems to me, too, that data there's both the creation of new data through the new technologies, like to be able to track people, but also taking advantage of data that's always been there that, you know, technologically hasn't been able to be analyzed in mm-hmm. the past. I think that's probably. Fair you know, to tell say. You, that's, I'll
1: tell you, the, the, uh, the way I think about that. Is uh, what you, what I have grown up in the tech world with, and what you've experienced in your career, I'm sure, is the concept of a software developer as a kind of a core mm-hmm. unit yes. of, of of effort in in developing IT systems. Uh, I would suggest to you that that tomorrow it's going to be the data scientist, yeah. and it's not the it's not about the tools that can get access to that data that's heretofore not been able to be accessed. It's about the people that understand how to correlate it with other groups of data to drive true insights. And and one of the one of the uh, a proof point here, and this gets a little bit above my head. Um, but it, but in talking about so you uh, But i am gonna try. To, I'm gonna try to conceptually <laughs> talk about because I thought it was important. I was looking for proof points on how to say, look, the data scientist is really going to become the software developer tomorrow. And and um, the traditional development languages, Java and others, um, and, and if you look at the uptake and the learning, the, the the amount of people that are picking that up and learning those languages. Uh, the traditional languages are on the downslope. The language that's the trending, the hottest right now, and yeah. growing in popular is called Python, and it's 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 because it's got its roots in data science. It's because it's got its foundations in machine learning that it's becoming the most popular development language out there for use by data scientists and developers. Just another indication that that data is pervasive. It is the yeah. fabric of every, everything that's going on here in this transformational sure. world.
0: So we got about a minute and a half left. I wanted to ask you one last question. So we're thinking about data transformation. Agencies, departments are, you know, are, are thinking about it. You know, there's been guidance issued about, you know, reorganizing government and shared services and all these things. So when you look at it, when you think about, or what should agencies think about when they're thinking about partnering with the private sector to accomplish these goals, what, what makes a good partnership between government and industry. And um, just talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a, I could go on for a long time about that. i tell you the, the most important thing I think, or the two most important things I think that for an agency to consider when they're looking for a partner to help them in a digital transformation effort. Uh, one, I think you really need to look to a, uh, a commercially led federal integrator. Um, and I, I kind of choose those words. You used the same similar words earlier. We said commercial best practices, yeah, uh, and the willingness for agencies to adopt commercial best practices. A commercial led integrator is an organization that's got a federal business and has has got a tradition and an understanding of the way federal agencies and the federal government works, but it's got reach back into a commercial element of its organization that has exposure to efforts and and transformation projects and. Uh, other examples and case studies from multiple different industries. And it's those different ways of doing things that I think need to be brought to bear to the federal government to show them and challenge them on there are different ways to achieve your mission. So I think you got to have both. You got to have a a legacy in understanding the federal government, but exposure to and the ability to pull in commercial examples of ways, new ways of doing things. Um, And then I think you've got to have, I mean, success, you've got to be able to point to, here's where I've done some of these things. And as I said before, no one's going to point to, here's the 10 digital transformations that I've accomplished. But I think many would be able to say, here's some successful examples of implementing this or these digital services in conjunction with one another to drive results. You need somebody who can demonstrate that as well.
0: Right. Well, Greg, thank you so much for being on the show. My guest today has been Greg Mossberg. He is Senior Vice President for Strategic Operations at CGI Federal. And you've been listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, 1500
1: AM. You've been listening to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear the entire show or any of our weekly programs anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Off the Shelf, only on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com.